Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist. My name is Katherine Barkman, and I'm a soloist at San Francisco Ballet. This podcast series of Meet the Artist interviews is your chance to get to know us, the dancers, musicians, designers, and choreographers at SF Ballet, as we discuss our lives, the process in the studio, performances on stage, and more. Join us for Meet the Artist interviews live and in person in the Opera House before Friday and Sunday performances, or tune in all season long to hear podcast recordings of San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist interviews. Enjoy! All right, good evening, everybody. Um, welcome to tonight's Meet the Artist conversation here at San Francisco Ballet. Um, as you all trickle in, please remember that these Meet the Artist conversations are open seating anywhere in the orchestra level. So please feel free to grab whatever seat you would like. And then when we are done, you can go find your ticketed location. So anywhere that looks right, just come on in and grab that seat. And I'm sure people will continue to trickle in as we get going. So I'm Jenny Scholick. I am the Director of Education and Training here at San Francisco Ballet, and I'm really pleased to be in conversation tonight with principal dancer Sasha DeSola. Um, yay, yes, we can take... <laughs> in addition to my note about open seating, I will also... Um, remind all of you that these Meet the Artist conversations are recorded and put out as podcasts. So if you have missed other conversations through the season or you want to go back and listen to this one again, they are usually released about a week after uh, they occur on any podcast player. So feel free to go find those wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and also, we will save some time at the end of this conversation today to take questions from the audience. So if you have questions, we'll just, you know, raise your hand and I'll repeat the question back so everyone can hear. So with that, um, I do want to introduce Sasha, who I think is familiar probably to many of you. Uh, she joined the company as an apprentice in 2006 and rose through the ranks, being promoted to principal dancer in 2017. And I'm really thrilled to get to have this conversation tonight with her about Swan Lake, especially after seeing her debut two years ago, which was quite phenomenal, if I do say so myself. So I'm really looking forward to her insight uh, into this role in this production. And welcome, Sasha. Thank you, Jenny. So I want to start, um, you know, focusing in on Swan Lake, right? That's really what we're here to talk about tonight. And just tell me a bit about your history with this ballet. What do you remember, you know, sort of your earliest memories of it and, and bring us forward? Gosh, uh, Swan Lake is just such a part of the zeitgeist of popular culture that I can't really remember the very first time I saw Swan Lake. But I do remember seeing a video of Natalia Makarova and Anthony Dowell. And I was completely taken by it and her specifically. Um, I think that moment was really kind of pivotal for me because I realized what freedom you could have in classical ballet. And uh, Swan Lake was really kind of like the epitome of that for me at the time. And then, 
as you grew up as a dancer, was this a ballet that you, did you do variations from it? Did you compete with any of it prior to joining San Francisco Ballet or was joining the company the first time that you danced in the production? So I actually did the Black Swan variation and pas de deux when I was 12 years old. <laughs> um, that was the first time I did it and uh, I went to some competitions and things like that with it when I was young, under the age of 13. Um, of course, now I see it in a completely different light. I think back then it was a great challenge for me technically. It still is an incredible challenge. Um, but now I'm so much more interested in the character development and how we share these characters with the audience to make sure that we're telling the story in a really transfixing way, in a way that like will be just heartbreaking at the end. My goal is to make everybody cry, so. <laughs> so if you're here tomorrow night, <laughs> just know that that is the end goal. And so then you joined the company. How quickly after you joined San Francisco Ballet did you do this production? I assume in the Court of Ballet. Yes, the first time I danced Swan Lake, any Swan Lake, uh, was this production very early, uh, maybe my first or second core year. I can't remember exactly, but I've danced almost every role in the production. So I've done everything from the core swans to um, the tall swan maidens, uh, the pas de trois, the aristocrats, the peasants, the chartas, the Russian princess, everything, and now Odile. Um, so I really am familiar with all of the intricacies that are happening on stage, both when I'm on stage and off stage, um, because I know it very well because I've done it, and so it's, I, I do want to do a shout out for the Corps de Ballet women because I don't think people realize how difficult it is to be in the Corps, stand in line, stand without moving, be exactly the same as the person in front of you and behind you. It's incredibly challenging, so they deserve so much praise and more. Were there any <clears throat> parts of this ballet that you particularly loved before you took on Odette Odile? Any favorites? I, I love the whole ballet, so. Um, <laughs> I actually quite like the divertissements in the third act. I really like all of them. Um, I really like dancing the Shardas, actually. I still, when the music is playing, I get really excited backstage. Um, I would say that, but always I was really, really taken by uh, the violin, the concertmaster, Cordial Mercs that you'll hear tonight uh, in the second act, Potida. Whether I was in the core or as Odette, obviously, I, that part of the music always moved me a lot. So <clears throat> tell me a bit about preparing for Odetto Deal. You premiered it in 2022. I think you'd prepared for it before that, is that right? And had you learned it prior or was that the first um, time? I'm trying to remember it. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think okay. we started preparing it in the fall of 2021. Okay. I could be wrong. But, um, yes, but my debut was in 2022. So what was that process like? How did you dive into that? How did you prepare? What Take us through that a little bit. 
I had been fortunate enough to see many Odette Odiles before me, um, so I was always watching them with, uh, you know, just like enjoying their decision making on stage, their character choices, uh, some of their technical choices. Um, but beyond that, I watched many videos. This is very much like me. I do this for almost any role. I'm watching videos of anyone and everyone almost. Um, to just get inspiration and kind of feel out the parameters of who Odette and Odile are for other people and then find my way within those characters. So the first year around was mostly that, a lot of research, a lot of research, a lot of deciding what I felt was really effective, what felt less effective, um, and then, of course, going with my instinct and intuition and trusting my coaches. So for you in the preparation, at least for that first time, would you say your focus was more on like building that character and the interpretation than on the, I mean, it's an extremely hard ballet yeah. too, technically. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I'm always more interested in the storytelling, so I just inevitably kind of fall into that pattern um, I also find that when I'm completely lost in the character, the technique seems to happen. Uh, it doesn't mean that it doesn't take a lot of work. There is plenty of work and kind of breaking things down in the studio, but for the most part, the majority of my efforts tend to go into characterization and storytelling. And was anything different this time around? Like, what was it like returning to the role instead of building it from scratch? It was great because I already have kind of a little bit of uh, muscle memory of it. So I felt I could start at a new place. Um, I did less research this time and more instinctual choices. Um, I also was very fortunate to be coached by Tamara Rojo, by Julio Boca, and by Helgi Thomason, the three of which have very distinct and different viewpoints on the character, but allowed me to kind of uh, explore different aspects of both Odette and Odile in a way that um, I feel excited about the spontaneity of the performance because I, I don't have everything planned out. It's, I have obviously who the character is, but not exactly how she'll react in every moment. And that's part of the excitement for me about being on stage. So I, I wanna ask you about who those characters are, but before I do, I just I have to ask, do you ever go back and watch, you watch videos of everyone else. Did you watch video of your own yes. performance? Yeah. <laughs> Did that inform, how did that inform what you are bringing to it this time? Um, it's all, I, I watch myself actually pretty often. I find it's a really great learning tool. I can't watch myself too much, but just a little bit is okay. Um, it is helpful to see yourself and the choices that you made a couple years ago and the differences between then and now. I mean, I've always been a really, really firm believer that the human that you are is the person that you'll see on stage. Um, and inevitably, over years, people change. And so characterizations will change. The way that you feel something will change. And hopefully, the way that you impact others will change. And I think that's the beauty 
of what we do and returning to a role that's as deep and complex as Odette and Odile. So with that, um, tell us about who your Odette and Odile are. Who do you see them as characters? Uh, Odette, I, I've always found that who Odette is it informs who Odile is, if that makes sense. So I don't really know who Odile is until I've decided who, or felt, really, who Odette is. Um, and for me, Odette is this infinitely generous human. She has a very human soul. Even though she is a creature, I, I very much relate to her in a human way. Um, she has had a difficult time in life, <laughs> but regardless of that, she's extremely, extremely generous with her love, with her compassion, with her care for others. She's very protective of her flock. Um, so she is somebody who has remained soft in a harsh world. And so that is something that I find shows a lot of strength, actually. I, f I find her vulnerability is her strength. She has so much agency. She when makes choices. Um, oh, and, yeah. and she is an incredible character. So on that note, Odile is the complete opposite of that. I actually find that she's more of a puppet, so she has less agency. She's fully under the control of von Rothbard, the evil sorcerer, and he's really the one who is kind of driving her to deceive Siegfried. And while Odile may seem strong and powerful in her physicality and her demeanor, I actually find her to have a lot less agency and say in what she's doing. So for those of you just joining us, um, I'm here tonight with principal dancer Sasha DeSola, and we're discussing Swan Lake. So we've talked a bit about your preparation kind of in the lead up to a performance. Night of, like tomorrow night, <clears throat> what's it gonna look like for you? Do you have any particular things you do every time that you don't do? What does that sort of backstage moment feel like for you? Mm, I, I think I have a somewhat normal backstage ritual. <laughs> um, I get here quite early um, <laughs> and I do my warm-up, but I always kind of do the same warm-up. Dancers can be superstitious, so I, I do the same warm-up. Um, but beyond that, uh, part of the process for me is getting myself ready so when I'm putting my makeup on, when I'm getting doing my hair or getting it done, um, I already kind of start falling into the character. I try to bring myself there uh, pretty early on so it's not an abrupt shift and it feels very authentic. It needs, for me, one of the most frustrating things is if I don't feel it deep in my gut. So I, I need a little time to kind of fall into her and and how she's feeling and I often think about you know just before going on stage for example in the prologue she's out in the beautiful forest and you can smell the flowers but what was she doing just before that what was she thinking who was she with um, and so it kind of gives her a little bit of depth 
so that when you go on stage, it's not just this big abrupt shift, uh, but I, I try to kind of stay with her um, as long as I can. And then my last sort of specific question about your, your work in this role. For you personally, what do you find most challenging and what do you find most rewarding in a, in a performance of Swan Lake? Um, but they're both the same thing. Uh, <laughs> the most challenging is making sure that the storytelling is fluid and clear and effective. The most rewarding is when it's fluid and clear and effective. Um, of course, there's all of these technical aspects that like, I will personally be happy if I do certain things, but that's not my ultimate goal, even though I want to do them. Um, and I will always aim to do them, but it's, that isn't what makes it a good performance to me. So I'm gonna ask, <clears throat> sorry everyone, um, I'm gonna ask two more questions and then I'm gonna open it up to audience questions. So start thinking if you have them. Um, Swan Lake is a ballet that's been in the repertoire consistently since 1895. It dates back to 1877 and really has, since the late 19th century, consistently been done over and over and over and remains um, throughout the world and in the United States, the most popular ballet kind of next to Nutcracker. Depends on where you are in the world, which one gets top billing. What is it that you think is so enduring about this particular ballet? I think it's Tchaikovsky's score. Uh, it plays a huge role in that. I mean, it's so lush and rapturous and it, it just really captures you. It really captures the characters in a way that it leaves the artist on stage not having to really guess what the characters are feeling because it's very clear in the music. Um, so that's a huge, huge part of it, in my opinion. But beyond that, it's Swan Lake is ultimately the story of love and deceit and consequences for those deceit. And those are all very human experiences and emotions, and it's a way to kind of live those um, in a way that actually brings beauty to the world and not maybe so much pain. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so my last question, we still have about half the season in front of us, a little more. What else are you looking forward to? What's coming up that you're excited about? Well, actually, I'm excited for what's next because we are doing Midsummer Night's Dream next. And last time we did it was 2020, COVID shutdown. Um, and I was fortunate enough to be able to videotape it. Um, so I did somewhat perform it for cameras. Um, but I'm really excited to perform it for an audience. It's There's nothing like the feeling of the audience. I really want to make that so clear. It is just absolutely everything. The feeling that the audience brings to the dancers on stage is second to none, and it, it just makes the world of difference. So I'm really excited to have the opportunity to do that ballet for a live audience. Um, and beyond that, I'm also excited to premiere the world premiere of Carmen, um, and that's coming up in the Dos Mujeres program in April, I believe. April. Um, so those two, th I guess, I, I, I always look forward to everything, but, but those two things kind of stand out.
so I would love to open this up to audience questions. Uh, please raise your hand, I'll call on you, and then I will repeat the question back before Sasha answers so that everybody can hear. So I saw this hand go up first, yes. Question is about um, a previous Meet the Artist talk that I think we might have done together, quite honestly. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, a few years ago, pre-pandemic, I believe, uh, in which Sasha was describing a particular choreographic moment, and I think I can answer that it was Sleeping Beauty and the Rose Adagio. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, I think I saw... So the question is about um, <clears throat> the version of Swan Lake that we'll see tonight is Helgi Thomason's 2009 production. Um, he first did a production here in 1988 and has updated it several times. So this is the 2009. Um, and it is a Helgi Thomason after Patapan Ivanov. So Marius Patapa and Lev Ivanov were the 1895 choreographers in Russia. So the question is really, are there things about this production that feel specific to it and that are perhaps different from other versions you've seen or danced in elsewhere? So I've only ever danced in Helgi Thomason's version of Swan Lake as a full-length production. But I will say that, um, for example, Odette and Odile's choreography um, are very much, as, as Jenny said, it's Helgi Thomason after Ivanov and Maris Petipa. And so a lot of it is quite traditional. Um, so while there are some differences, for the most part, it sticks to uh, the traditional uh, choreography and format. Um, I find that you can focus on Helgi's choreography more in the first act and in the divertissements of the third act, and actually the fourth act as well. That's right. Um, so, but as far as the second act, it's, it's quite, uh, sticking to mostly a, a very traditional um, version. There are some little things like, um, you actually mentioned it earlier, so I'll bring it up, the prologue. When you meet Odette in the prologue, that is something that Helgi added yes. to sort of give some backstory. Actually, he said this the other day. I hope he's okay that I share this. I think so. But um, he, I was telling him I actually really enjoy doing the prologue. It's very short, you'll see. It's, it's not very long, but it really sets up the story. And I was telling him I, I quite enjoy it. And he was saying that he put that in so th for the storytelling, but also so that the Odette didn't have her very first entrance coming into the lake, which is honestly a little bit stressful. Always a ballerina's entrance in any full-length ballet is so stressful. Um, so he kind of allowed us to go on stage and have it, you know, kind of get that out and then allow us to go into the second act already having been on stage, which I think is really nice. I said, thank you. <laughs> All right. I think maybe someone over on this side. Yes. question is about um, a follow-up on something Sasha said earlier about being coached by Tamara Rojo, Julio Boca, and Helgi Thomason, and that they all had different perspectives to bring. And can you share some of those perspectives? Well, they're not wildly different. I should clarify that. But um, certain details can vary. Um, so let me think of an example. For example who Odile is and the way that she physicalizes her 
evilness, I guess, um, can look different. Um, she can be considerably more seductive and more Parisian perfume, or she could be harsh and maniacal, or somewhere in between. It doesn't have to be either end of the spectrum. But so certain things like that, they might have a certain view of what might feel more effective to them. But ultimately, um, I feel very fortunate that all of my coaches have allowed me to find my own way into the roles. I think we have time for one more question. Yes, right here. And um, the you're going to describe it better than I do, but when Odette really transforms from swan into human, or there's this sort of real blurring between the two, and it's done through a very, very quick movement of the working leg and the working foot. So the question is about how difficult it is and, and what Sasha's thinking about as she's doing that. That's one of my favorite parts, too. Thank you for asking about it. Um, so there is an actual technical step in ballet called batusere, which is something similar to that. But in this case, it's not batusere. It's you are a creature. So it's finding that quick movement without it, with it seeming spontaneous and creature-like, which means it might not be quite as beautiful as a perfectly executed batusere. Um, it's actually really hard to do um, because you're very tired at the end of the potato and it's at the very, very end. Um, but it's, gosh, how to describe to do it? Uh, <laughs> I kind of like tense my upper leg. That's the best way. <laughs> and, and just honestly, again, going back to the story is feeling like her and feeling what she would be feeling when she's falling in love with Siegfried. And so that kind of allows somehow my body to do what I need it to do. But of course, there is a technical element of like I kind of tensing both the front and the back of my leg close to my hip. <laughs> so with that, we are at time. Um, I want to thank all of you for coming tonight. I want to especially thank Sasha for this conversation. I think it was really enlightening and a wonderful peek you know, backstage and into the studio of what it takes to put this ballet on. So thank you all for being here. Thank you for supporting San Francisco Ballet and all that we do here. And I hope you have a wonderful evening at the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about SF Ballet or to attend in-person Meet the Artist interviews and performances, visit sfballet.org. See you at the ballet.